All right. Uh, so this is uh, Just Say No. I'm Brian, and joining me today is my good friend, uh, Charlie Davis. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Brian. How are you this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good myself, buddy. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to Charlie today because I would say probably about 80 to 90% of our interactions are oriented around sports in some way. <laughs> Specific um, sports, like football and wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Well, and basketball. Well, regardless, like sports is a big part of uh, our, our relationship. Absolutely. Um, but I guess part of that is your history with sports and... You've told me bits and pieces over uh, the years, um, and it's pretty wild. <laughs> like, I think out of all the people I know, you have the most, like, I, I think I phrased it before as, like, you have a very Forrest Gump-like uh, situation with, like, you just kind of, you came in contact with celebrity and, like, important moments and were at, like, important times in franchises history. You were, like, you were just kind of there on the outskirts, you know? No right. offense or anything. No, no, no. But, like, was... you, you, were, you were there and you got to experience, like, a different side of it. And, like, it's more of a human side of it. So that's uh, a big reason why I'm super excited because you definitely have a human story uh, of sports <laughs> just i guess frankly i was there and a lot of it i was a kid but yeah but well, still well that's what i was gonna say so let's um let's just start at the beginning man what was like your first memory of sports like as a child oh god i when i say i literally exist because of sports like i don't say literal offhandedly like my parents met working for the denver broncos organization and I was born in Denver in 1989 and my brother was born two years later and uh, I just frankly remember you know those little childhood memories either having watching football on TV with my family being at some sort of athletic related event whether it be for the Denver Broncos or the Ole Miss Rebels or, or just simply just knowing that my mom and dad did something in this realm, in yeah. this world. So it was, you know, just seeing a lot of media guides and, and I learned how to read off NFL and NCAA media guides. Uh, I learned my <laughs> primary a, colors because the different Broncos blue. Yeah. Uh, or Saints gold, stuff like that. Um, but just, I guess, just kind of having having a deep dive into it without really knowing how entrenched my family and I were in it. Okay, already. so what what exactly did your uh, dad and mom do for the Denver? Broncos? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my mom, she was the player personnel secretary uh, for the front office and the head office for the Denver Broncos organization. So she worked directly under Dan Reeves, and my okay. godfather was a guy named Lyde Huggins. He was the head scout. So anything to do with talent, players, my mom was just kind of the organizer of it all. Um, she would have been the lady in the draft room back in the day when they just called. You know, she had to look up telephone numbers before the internet of potential draft picks. And yeah. she was the send, one send who... Send them a piece of mail. Yes, send them a piece of mail. They would have to call back. But she was the lady who called Terrell Davis and oh, Shannon Sharp and Carl Mecklenburg, <laughs> and who would say, hey, this is Jenny Ann Carey or Jenny Ann Carey Davis with the Denver Broncos. I'm calling on behalf of Dan Reeves and his staff. Just checking to see if the phone line works, checking for this person. 
And she, I mean, she did a lot more than, you know, just work the draft. I mean, she, she kind of had that office operating in a lot of ways. And my dad worked for the training table and he kind of still does that for Ole Miss, but essentially he would design uh, meals and make sure anything that was involving food and the Denver Broncos football team, whether it be for the football team, coaches, media personnel, he was involved in, you know, just organizing it. He has a background in playing for Ole Miss in football, and he has his master's in food service and hospitality for Ole Miss, and he's always wanted to do something with athletics and food. So he That's awesome. he was the guy, you know, like just making sure that the that the kickers got a different meal than the linemen <laughs> and the quarterbacks got more brain food than, you know, the wide receiver. Well, I know he was kept busy because just from my time at LSU and being around those football players mm-hmm. like, at the cafeteria, those guys eat. Oh, yeah. They, they eat uh, a tremendous amount. Yeah. And I, I know uh, just, you know, from paying at my girlfriend's studying nutrition, she's wanting to be a nutritionist. Nutritionist. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely starting to appreciate more and more like uh, a targeted uh, meal plan. For yeah. People. So like, that's pretty cool. And so like your family was really a, a major point of contact for like all the personnel. Right. I mean, and not just for the Broncos, a, you know, we'll probably talk about later Ole Miss and my dad even worked at LSU for one year yeah. after Denver but yeah I mean any anyone of note like my mom and dad and more so my mom mm-hmm. on the front facing interaction yeah she's uh, more more of the producer aspect of uh, what goes into the theatricalities of sports absolutely like she was taking calls from Mike Ditka and if Mike <laughs> Ditka crazy. and Dan Reeves were going to sit down and watch films she would order him a pizza and set up the film room. And <laughs> how, did, how did your father feel about it? Your mom just ordered, I, I mean, ordered pizza for the personnel. You know, he pizza. was, he, he was down. Job. He was down. He was, he was a okay with it. Um, and, and so they met at that organization. They did. They did. They're so both, they were hired separately. Like they, okay. My mom started working for the Broncos in 83 and she brags that she was a rookie with John Elway. And she kind of was, I mean, she, she, no, she you know, gets to wear that tag. She yeah. gets to wear that tag. Yeah, she she started with him and kind of helped coordinate a lot of the his media appearances. Uh, my dad would later uh, start working in 85. Um, my mom moved from Knoxville, Tennessee. She was an education major, and she was working at the UT or University of Tennessee football office um, in Knoxville, and she got the job in Denver. And a little side note, she was working with not only Phil Fulmer, the (laughs) take two, Phil Fulmer. um, That was a hard, easy last name to say. Um, She was working with Phil Fulmer. She worked for Johnny Majors, very legendary college football coach for Tennessee and Pittsburgh. But she was working with David Cutcliffe, who we would later on, uh, at Ole Miss, you know, become I rekindle our friend family friendship with. She worked with David Cutcliffe and his soon to be wife, Miss Karen or Cutcliffe. So she she was already she was ingrained in like sports and soon to be sports legends already at Tennessee. 
And then my, my dad came in in 85, and they were kind of outside of the players and some of the staff. They were one of the very few Southerners. And I think they were just friends and, you know, colleagues. My mom had a rule. You know, she didn't date any of the football players. Yeah. I mean, she was a very... I feel that's a pretty common thing for a person like that. Honestly. Yeah. And and she she kind of had that boundary, you know, and she was a very pretty, still, you know, she's a very, very pretty lady. Uh, and then I think my dad was just very down to earth and not a... Well, he was a football player, but not like an active one and... And who doesn't love the food guy? Right. No, it's, it's, I mean, and this is the eighties where like my dad, when he played football at Ole Miss, he was getting what was essentially then a home ec degree. And he was the only dude who, yeah. who got a hospital, what's now called a hospitality degree. But, you know, he wanted to coach football and teach dudes how to cook. And, and so, you know, things took a turn where he, started working for the Broncos. So just, yeah, like, I mean, obviously both of your parents were in the industry to say, and uh, they just have their stories collided in Denver. Exactly. And you know, in, in terms, I know they got married in 1988. I, uh, technically was at the wedding, but, uh, (laughs) you know, but they were, they, they did date a while, um, you know, before, uh, marriage and then myself entered into the picture. So, so I think I just kind of hurried the process. So out so, the gate, yeah. you, you were, you were there like as a baby, you were straight up being carried into like football NFL headquarters. Office. I, so here's the story on how I was almost born in the Denver Broncos football office. Um, you, <laughs> if you need to call my mom to verify this, she can, she's teaching right now. But, uh, I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah. I, think. I, I trust, I trust you. <laughs> so my godfather lied Huggins, um, he he played football at South Carolina with Dan Reeves. That's how they were good buddies. Right. He was the again the head scouting coach, um, talent coordinator, and this was like my mom's second family. And so you know he would then become my godfather. Well, I guess he kind of took his responsibilities <laughs> a little too serious off the bat. Uh, my mom was giving a tour to some potential players or someone that was being uh, uh, either courted as a free agent. I don't remember who it was. I guess it was recruitment duty that day. Yeah. She was like giving a tour of the football office and I guess her water broke. Glad was there and he picked up my mom and his either it was a Mercury or Lincoln. And yeah, I, he was rushing me from, the office, which was way, way out in Aurora to Jewish Rose Hospital, which is near, kind of near downtown Denver, near the zoo. And so, yeah, I was almost born in the Denver Bronco football office. And yeah, my dad, so my dad at this time, he, in order to be with my mom, there was NF, the NFL had a rule where it's just like, yeah, you couldn't have like a relationship. So in order and they just got married at this point too, but uh, yeah, he was he was helping. He would still work for Denver, but not full time. After he got with my mom, so he was like working in a factory, assembling something just to make extra baby money. Yeah, and so he gets the call all the way out in the suburbs, and so yeah. Um, so when my mom's <laughs> water so broke, crazy. or she went into labor, 
of course, everyone in the football office. So, you know, I'm, I'm imagining Dan Reeves and all the other players and folks that were there. Um, Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips was a good friend with my parent, with my parents. And so, uh, yeah, I guess that made the rounds. Well, I'm sure like, I mean, when a member of your work community has a baby, it's kind of like, yay, this person, you're part of new person in our family. Yeah. So like, I, I'm sure like those guys you just like rattled off or were like, Hey, welcome to the family, little dude. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's one of those things not to jump around timeline wise, but my little brother, he worked for Denver uh, a few preseasons ago because he works for the NFL. Uh, um, he does equipment managing stuff. And a lot of the people that my parents worked with back in the 80s and early 90s are still there or now just retiring from the office. And so they're like, hey, you're Davis's kid. Basically. Basically. So, you know, there was a big sense of family for the Denver Broncos then. And I guess there still is now. And not to talk sports commentary, even though this is a sports show, like your your front office and your cohesion and how well your front office works for any sports organization really does play a factor into how well the team plays. Oh, you know? most certainly. If there's drama in the front office, <laughs> it's, it's bad. As a Pelicans fan, yeah. I can I can yeah. I can comment on this, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, that's that's crazy though. That's um. That's crazy how close you were just out the gate mm-hmm. to sports. Yeah. Um, so so would you say your first sports memory was probably just wandering around an NFL? Absolutely. Like, playing tag in an NFL, <laughs> off, mean, in an NFL team's office? Pretty much. And, and again, I was about two when we moved from Denver. Uh, but, I mean, that tag and kind of playing around a in the sports yeah. office, that would be more Ole Miss later on. But uh, – but for Denver's sake, it was definitely being dressed up in all the new Denver merchandise for babies. So, yeah, um, you, were, you were sports baby. You oh, were Bronco so baby number one. Probably. Bronco baby number one. And I've got and I know I've told you this and I have I've shown you photo yeah, photographic yeah. proof um, when the Broncos played in the Super Bowl here in New Orleans against the 49ers. Crap, I forget like the. Super Bowl number whatever, but um, my dad is from Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Uh, my mom and my dad obviously had to work, mm-hmm. you know, at the Super Bowl for the Broncos, and so my mom just snuck me onto the plane that was chartered down, <laughs> which you could just do, which you could just do, and sneaking someone onto a plane, yeah, it's a baby. And I think there was like a rule. It's like, you're not supposed to bring your kids, but my mom, I was born in 89 and what I was coming up on a year old. Yeah. So yeah, I was whisked away on the plane with like John Elway, Tony Dorsett, the four amigos, all the coaches and, other folks and when we land at new orleans airport my grandma and grandpa just picked me up and they hang out in the uh in the international hotel you know where my parents are staying and they just keep me during the game and all the festivities so yeah i i guess guinness book of world records can say i was the first baby ever on a chartered super bowl plane i mean with the losing team but uh but um yeah, and and a lot of this, a lot of this was told to me. I mean, I don't, I yeah. do not remember being on that plane. But there are pictures of my mom. There's a very, there's a 
my favorite photo of my mom is of my mom and I is like she's coming down the you know the stairs of this plane and uh, I, I want to say it's Tony Dorsett or Atwater is walking behind him. My godfather lied is in front of him, uh, front of us, and she's just smiling at the camera. And I guess I'm waving. I guess my dad's taking the photo. Yeah, I mean that's that was just her coming off. You know the Super Bowl plane where Joe, you know for the game where Joe Montana threw a record what four or five touchdowns and uh jerry rice and all this other stuff but but yeah that's just a family photo all I right think. That's, uh, that's so cool man yeah. um like when i talk to other people uh normally their uh beginnings of sports uh come in the form of like you know i was a kid and i played sports in little league or like my parents were fans of this sport so um you know yeah check the mic real quick you're good, man. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's really interesting that you come into the world as like a a direct participant. Like your yeah. family was like really involved, not just like a fan. Like you, like it wasn't. It was a life. It was yeah, a lifestyle. It was a job. So you were two when y'all moved. That's yep. what you said. I was. I was uh, two in a few months. My brother was barely a month old, and you know. Like I said, both my parents were Southern expats, uh, one from Knoxville, the other from Ocean Springs or the Mississippi coast. And they just simply wanted to raise my brother and I near their parents. And so I, you know, being their age uh, now that they were when they made that decision, if I was in their situation, I would have made the same thing. And and it's something that I've got to realize they gave up on a very sweet gig yeah, that's to, a lucrative, yeah. for the benefit of my brother and I. But my mom was kind of seeing some writings on the wall. You know, she was a woman <laughs> in the NFL in the yeah. 80s. And I mean, now we're talking about, um, you know, coaches, female coaches yeah. and and female referees and, and you know, potentially players and back then you know they're my mom trailblazing she was a trailblazer she was still considered a secretary you know and she she did have to put up with some shit today we definitely know what secretaries are worth i think um yeah i think after several economic collapses and like industries falling apart like the the value of good secretary and good like office uh management so like I get as a, a former office manager you, for a real know, estate. I that, can absolutely, yeah, yeah. You those people can make or break a, how easy a, a team uh, does its thing. Um, so most of your formative year, and I'm just below two is what I'm. You don't really remember. You remember bits and pieces, but it, it's not really personality forming. I yeah. would say. So you were in Mississippi in your formative years. Yes, I will tell you one of my first sports memories uh, that did not occur in Mississippi. So when we moved from Denver, uh, my dad got a job at LSU at Baton Rouge as the assistant um, athletic nutritionist for the sports cafeteria. And so I was around two or three when we spent, you know, we were there. We were in Baton Rouge about a year and a half. And so my mom was working at a bank. My dad was working for LSU's athletic department. And you you know pretty well as an LSU fan that Ole Miss and LSU has a very 
bitter rivalry. Oh, yeah, no, that rivalry it, was much, it was much deeper back then. Yeah, most certainly. So, but yeah, my dad. Um, it's funny. My mom and dad. My dad went to LSU. My mom was an Ole Miss girl. So, like, there's a fun history there. I'll get into uh, one day. It cuts. It's but yeah, deep. No, it was it was uh, very taboo uh, for them to be an item. Yeah, just don't. You know, house divided flags for sure. Yeah. But um, my dad. <laughs> he he didn't really like working at LSU, and he he put up his Ole Miss diplomas and his old Ole Miss helmet in his office, and I guess the LSU people did not like it, so they made a big stink. Um, but Your dad just getting shamed at the yeah, office. Yeah, no, he got his, like, his sports preferences. Well, and I I want to say like I don't know what happened. He didn't get written up, but um, anyways. Oh, he was getting ragged on. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Like a lot of just from that climate back then, especially with that rivalry. I know yeah. people were dogging on your dad, oh, big time. And I know all of his old Miss buds that probably came in and played games. Like yeah. he had to go meet with them secretly. Yeah. Uh, so the year that we were in LSU, that was like ninety two, ninety three. Um, I one of the first, you know sports people I remember meeting that's, you know, I'm like two or three years old and I'm just putting in concrete and rudimentary, you know, muscle memory, what important people are, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you hear like mom and dad is important Mm -hmm. and the doctor is important. And And when you start learning that mom and dad's boss is important, that's like, like, okay. (laughs) Right. And, but then you, you know, people you see on TV or sports people and, I guess I was raised like in the first few years of my life, like, you know, who is this person? And, you know, oh, that's so-and-so on TV. Oh, you were around a lot of names, it sounds like. (laughs) And and my mom, my mom is a teacher now and she got her background in education. So I think, you know, speaking clearly, her and my dad being Southern in Denver, you know, there was kind of this like, remember people's names, speak clearly sort of things so you know they're they my parents always tell say people's first and last names oh yeah that's a great way to remember people just repeat their names and stuff and oh yeah and then it gets in your head so but definitely uh one of the first people i remember meeting is a guy named shaquille (laughs) o'neal everyone just knows in the day is you know shaq and one of the most wreck easy to remember i'll say that about shaquille o'neal yeah i mean he's been a part of our lives like forever and mm-hmm. you know he he is a you know he's a icon, icon yeah, yeah i was he's thinking a, he literally has a statue out in front of lsu's yeah. basketball stadium so yeah uh he's a legend uh nationally for yeah. what he is but more so even more so around lsu so yeah and um, he's he's a nice dude people give him shit you know beefs and shit oh, back in the yeah. day but like he genuinely I met him later on after this encounter, but, uh, um, yeah, he generally is a nice dude. Now he comes off as awesome. Oh yeah. On TV, he's hilarious. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I mean, just selling gold bond, medicated pattern, and insurance. He's got as big of a, he's got a matching personality. Oh, I hope, I hope so. Um, but I do like, I remember my dad bringing me into the athletic cafeteria at LSU I clearly remember, like, <laughs> just seeing, <laughs> you know, just, like, big old, you know, stoves and fryers, and there's this guy at the top of the line, and so my dad, anytime there was, when he ran the athletic 
uh, nutrition programs at LSU and the cafeterias at LSU at Ole Miss, any kind of like notable athlete, they they come in on their own. You know, they're they're not going to really sit in the general dining area. Like they're they're going to get a to go box. They're going to go you know do something believe, because they're busy I, I don't know about back then but i i think lsu even had like a private dining area for yeah them. oh yeah and there was and well that's what it was an athletic cafeteria yeah. was the separate dining facilities mm-hmm. and they they went away in the late 90s early 2000s because the ncaa said well athletes shouldn't get special attention <laughs> oh i bet those people are rolling in their graves uh, now yeah. what's going on oh i mean <laughs> you know after, there's a spa for every college yeah, um, we have a lazy river at our lake oh god <laughs> oh god for for ther- for muscle therapy but yeah, yeah, um any, anyways like shaquille like i just clearly remember just meeting the first like tall person of my life and uh the first tall person of my life and, and that's an understatement for shaquille that man is massive yeah yeah, and but just like I remember, my dad saying like, "This is Shaquille O'Neal. This is Shaq. Say hey." And he's you know just like, hey, How you doing, hey. and he did the whole like, "Hey, take a look at my hand. Oh my Put my yeah, hand up yeah, like yeah. the Andre the Giant sort of thing." You probably thing. could have and, like worn his shoe on your head. I'm sure. I wish <laughs> I could have. Um, no, I probably I don't did. Wish that. But um, but there's a there's a signed eight by ten that my brother and I had uh, in our bathroom growing up. It was Shaquille O'Neal. It said to Charlie and Carrie Joe, "Listen, oh, so awesome. the number two, your parents, Shaquille O'Neal." Before he just went by Shaq. And so that happened while your dad was working at LSU. Yes. So that one year that y'all were in between. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Denver and uh, Ole Miss. Yes. That's, that's a great story. Right. Again, like you, you've gone from like you were almost born in an NFL office, and right? You met Shaquille O'Neal like as a kid, just like because your dad just works with him, yeah, you know. And that's yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This is that Forrest Gumpy thing I'm talking about. I like, know, even as a kid, like you met Elvis, and like <laughs> I would, yeah, I was, I'm probably related to Elvis based on where I'm from. This is Forrest Gumpy, yeah. true, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, and like I know we're getting, I know we're only doing 30 minutes, but like, yeah. man. Like, we haven't even gotten to no, the Ole so, Miss stuff, so. <laughs> Back to some of the people I've talked yeah. to before. Like, normally in 30 minutes, I can kind of get the history, their origins, and, like, up to maybe high school, college, and maybe just beyond that. Yeah. And I was like, nah, that's probably not going to happen with Charlie. We might get through his, like, uh, you know, younger years. But, like, I was honestly hoping we get, and I'm going to ask you this because we got a little bit more time left. Um, so, we'll just, uh, you, you did Denver. You did LSU for a year and a half. You're about four years old now. Uh, you're coming into Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming your dad and mom did similar work with Ole Miss. Yes. Um, so my dad mainly uh, at Ole Miss. My mom, she came back in. There you know, weren't many positions for what she did at Denver around. Mm-hmm. Or they were already filled by women who were there for years. Yeah, yeah. So she got back into teaching. Uh, okay. She worked for... Uh, state farm for a little bit and then she's like ah, let me teach so that's fair yeah um so y'all did the Ole Miss thing and I'm sure and we'll talk about this because I want to pick up right about here when you get to Ole Miss but I do want to ask did you play any sports as a kid yeah okay. uh, yeah uh okay. I, that's that's the good stuff that I, I love talking with kids about there are people with 
what their history with sports was as a kid because normally it's like uh, I really liked it until I got hurt. And yeah, then I quit. <laughs> weird, weird combat like football, obviously. Uh, but then I also grew up taking tennis lessons, okay. horseback riding lessons, and I was very decent at baseball as well. Yeah, so you did, you did the general kid thing. You played all the sports, whatever your parents could get you to sign up for. Oh, just yeah. Get you out of the house. Did you get me out of the <laughs> yeah. house and, you know, have the babysitter pick me up, you know, yeah. instead of and, and all that stuff. So, right. yeah, I did play sports. Okay, well, I'm all right. So that's um, – I don't know when we'll talk next. Uh, I'm sure it'll be soon because I, I want to finish this. But uh, let's remember uh, right when you get to Ole Miss. Ole Miss. We're going to start picking up and – the Manning and yeah. Deuce McAllister yeah, stories. Yeah, see, yeah. This is, now like these <laughs> crazy, like localized names. Like when you were listing off the Denver people, it's like ah, some of those names sound familiar. Yeah, but like, I'm sure if you went to Denver and said that, they'd be like, "Oh my god, right. you met him!" Right, like so, Mecklenburg. Mecklenburg is like the Deuce McAllister. Yeah, just like a good, you know, yeah. top of the line person. Yeah, so. well, cool, man. Um, so yeah, we'll pick up there next time, whenever it may be. Um, thank you very much for making the time to come out this afternoon. Um, before we go, do you have anything that you would like to plug, push, promote? Uh, not at the moment. Normally, I'm an actor, and I'm, uh, I've been working for the Disney General Entertainment Corporation behind the scenes lately, but uh, I might have some shows in the works. You know, just been busy, but yeah, we'll be moving to New York in the winter, so we'll see. All right, man. Yeah. Well, we'll have you on before then. Uh, Thanks again. This has been Just Say No with Brian and Charlie. Thanks, man.